I'm Jennifer Isabella, your host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the latest market dynamics impacting executives and their customers. In today's episode, we're going to hear a rather unique session from our security and risk event that took place last fall. In the session, principal analysts Renee Murphy and Sarah Watson act out a scenario where the CIO of a company has to go to the chief risk officer for advice on implementing an emerging technology. It's a great way for executives to think through their own conversations about technology risk in the future. Let's take a listen. Hi, everyone. I'm Renee Murphy, Principal Analyst at Forrester Research. I cover governance, risk, and compliance, which makes me the fun one. <laughs> Ashley, I'm here with Sarah, who's equally fun, I'm, I've come to learn. Um, Sarah, tell us who you are. Hi, everyone. My name is Sarah Watson, and I am a brand new principal analyst on the tech exec team. So I am really focused on uh, emerging tech and uh, questions about where uh, tech executives should be focusing their energy to become future fit. So I'm excited to be here and excited to talk about emerging tech with you today. So what we decided today to do, Sarah and I, was have a conversation about what it's like for a CIO to come talk to a chief risk officer about an emerging technology they want to implement. And one of the things we're going to do is sit down and talk about like what that means to all of us, how we're going to manage that going forward. So um, with no further ado, we will go live in our scenario. Sarah, welcome to my office, friendly CIO. What can I do for you today? Thanks, Renee. It's good to see you. Um, I come to you with an exciting opportunity. Uh, we have been getting a little bit of pressure from the business to think about modernizing our chatbot experience. It is pretty rudimentary right now. You know, we've already done a lot of investment into trying to get some really basic answers and questions into our chatbot experience. Um, but we're running into some issues with that being, you know, a very limiting uh, customer experience. We're also trying to, you know, answer increasingly more complex uh, questions for our clients and our, our customers. Um, so, you know, there's still pressure on the um, call center side of things to reduce costs, et cetera. So I, you know, have been reading all about GPT-3 and NLP uh, and all kinds of AI-enabled chatbots. And it feels like that's maybe the next uh, place we can actually start to modernize and differentiate our experience. Uh, rather than just doing this like basic out of the box stuff. So that seems like a good experience, good or good opportunity. However, I've you know also been reading the headlines about the concerns we have with bias in AI. I remember Microsoft Tay. So you know, I'm trying to figure out how to avoid that conversation. Don't want to be in the headlines. So coming to you, I'm in research mode. What should we be thinking about? What should we be doing to make sure these kinds of emerging AI applications actually don't get us into trouble and actually do what we want them to do? So, Can you help me? Yay, right? Well, first, yes, thank you for coming to me. So the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna figure out like there's there's two places that risk can come from, right? It's internal, it's from inside the organization or it's external, it's outside the organization. Outside the organization tends to be stuff like uh, you know, changing regulation, that kind of stuff, the stuff I can't help, right? I, I can't, I can't, you know, move us around there. Um, but I can say that the stuff internal to the organization that we can do a lot with, right? So if it's internal accidental, um, it may be we chose the wrong tools um, or our own risk assessments didn't quite 
lead us to that um, end in the end. Um, we want to make sure we do that appropriately. So I'm going to start with you by talking about first the impact on our customers. So if we get this stuff wrong, let's say we accidentally configure the, the bot to um, insult customers. What is that a legitimate like risk? Is that something we should really think about, like something that could really happen? And if so, how? Yeah, I mean, certainly. And I think that was the the concern with with Tay, right? Like this system that's learning to, uh, you know, learning from inputs um, from users is putting out bad, you know, you know, Nazi propaganda, I think, in that case. Right. So, you know, how do we think about. It was, right. And it didn't take a yeah. really long time. Right. So, so is that really, you know, we have to think about our inputs and our kind of training module for, for training the, the AI. Um, we've been thinking a little mm -hmm. bit about, you know, do we have transcripts from existing call centers that we could use as our training data? Um, like, how do we contain what is going into this uh, as an input, right? I think, you know, so much of what is exciting about right. GPT-3 is that it's a huge corpus of training data. But, you know, how is that actually kind of blowing out the potential outputs, right? How do we make sure that we know what's going to be put in front of customers on the other end? Right. How do we that's always been the thing for me. Can we curate that data? Because if we can curate that data, we take the risk that it'll be insulting or it can be driven to insult people, thereby giving us a lot of breathing room over um, in, in the call center. Right. I mean, if that's what we're after is getting some breathing room in the call center, then you could see how that could actually pull it off. Right. So um, so if that so we're going to do a risk assessment on that thing in particular. Um, well, I'll mm -hmm. do the deep dive later. But but, you know, that risk in particular, it sounds like one that is a legitimate risk and it is it does pose a big problem for our reputation but if we're able to curate that data and find a way to have a conversation that's always politeful meaningful and and helpful then um, and never deviates from that then that's what we're after we don't want to be in the same situation as let's say um, Amazon when they failed to hire like you know um, women for two years because they relied on all of their own data um, so yeah I want to make sure we don't make that mistake because once somebody made that mistake and then we make it again, we're just boneheads, right? Like, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be like, didn't you learn from someone else's mistake? Yes, actually, I did. Right. So mm -hmm. that one I definitely want to take a look at. Right. Um, and the other thing I want to say is like clearly that they're coming at this from we need to update. There's opportunity to get better at here. Do we know where in the old process it was failing? Do we have any research on that? That's some information we might want to get back so that we can put the effort toward the business problem and not toward we just want to update the, the chatbot for the sake of, ch of chatbot update, right? Like that's no, that's never given anyone a good reason to spend money. But say we're going to make this transaction faster, we're going to make it more secure, not less secure. And um, we're going to do this in a way where we can offload stuff from the CX folks and from the customer, um, you know, call center, then we, we did what we meant to do all in a way where we're not insulting our customers, or it doesn't get out of hand, right? The, the one I usually think of is, um, is the one I talk about in, in my presentation, the Wall Street Journal, where you couldn't unsubscribe. You literally couldn't. As soon as you hit unsubscribe, the chatbot would be like, pick your favorite news things. It's like, no, I unsubscribe. No, pick your favorite news thing. Like, no, I unsubscribe. Like, I don't want our customers finding themselves in, in that situation, right? So misconfiguration. Yeah. So what happens if um, frustrated customers start to hate it too, right? 
Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I, you know, talking to the business, I don't think we have done the kind of um, quantifiable uh, study to say, like, where is it in the decision tree that, you know, customers are, are getting frustrated or or at what point are they calling um, the call center because, you know, they can't do what they're trying to do in the chatbot. So I think we should definitely go back to the business and ask for um, kind of an assessment so that we actually have some benchmarks to understand where we've uh, been able to actually improve upon um, those experiences. So I love that idea. Okay. Perfect. And then the other thing I keep thinking about is how do we make sure that we're taking a, a full advantage of the data across the enterprise, but we're doing it in a way that doesn't lead us to misusing customer data, right? So, the, so if we're going to push out of the call center, some, you know, stuff like what is my balance um, for the customer or what's my next loan payment? Or can you tell me my last um, checks that I wrote from from this date or the last transactions from my ATM or or whatever from from this date to this date like like if that's the kind of stuff we're going to push out of the call center and into the chatbot all for it but that's a lot of data that would be um customer that would be part of the customer experience that was never part of that chatbot before um, and I want to make sure that number one, we're leveraging the data that we have across the enterprise because seriously, we should be. But two, that we're doing it in a way that is incredibly secure. And if that means interrupting the customer experience with multi-factor authentication for the chatbot, then that's something we have to like seriously consider. Have you guys thought about that? Yeah, well, and that raises a question to me is like, how much do we need to be encrypting this if it's going to be in the mobile experience? Um, you know, via the app, I think that's, that's great questions. And yeah, how, how does that actually impact the, the flow of um, the user experience? So in order to mitigate this stuff that we've, we've come across, do you, do you think you're going to have to uh, make a substantial investment in that in the future or? I mean, I think so. And one, I mean, there's one last question to me is, you know, whether we're going to yeah, build sure. this stuff ourselves or if we are going to partner with any one of these kind of plug and play um, providers, whether it's, you know, GPT-3 or some kind of Google product or some upstart um, that is building, you know, a chatbot backend, um, I, I think mm -hmm. we're at the point in which we can make that decision. But, you know, we are a bank. <laughs> we're pretty regulated. So do we need to actually think about doing this in-house or not? Yeah, so here's what I would say to that. It becomes the, the the where we'll mitigate that risk if you decide to go that route. And it shouldn't be risk management that's that's forcing you to go one route or the other, right? Let mm -hmm. it be the technology that speaks to you, the future growth, like whether we'll have to invest in that going forward. Do chatbots gain um, technology at a rate that would like make it really difficult for us to keep up? And I'm going to argue that yes. I mean, go look at any brand new technology. Where do we actually figure out how to make it viable? Chatbots usually, like AI, chatbot. Uh, machine learning, chatbot, natural language processing, chatbot. We refine it there. That's where we do that kind of work. So if we as an organization would like to take advantage of that kind of forward thinking, then yeah, we might want to go with a third party who builds the back end because it's their job to take advantage of all that. If we're going to slow down and say every five years we'll go back and address the chatbot, but we're not going to see it as a differentiator or anything like that for our mobile device or anything else, we're just trying to offload from 
from one group to a bot. Well, I get that too. So I guess that's what we would have to make our mind up about there. So don't let it be, don't let it be the risk to the, the technology, just let it be that. And once you decide that, then we'll go after who owns the risk. Because if it's, um, if, it, if we're bringing them in as a third party, the only time we have to do the due diligence is in procurement and procurement knows what to do with this kind of risk management stuff. So we should be able to get a platform that meets your security requirements before it ever gets in here. So just you just worry from that perspective. You just worry about that. Um, I then have to go figure out what that means from an intellectual property perspective. If we're going to use data like that on the back end to inform data on our front end and it thereby create new data that should be ours. But who knows? Right. So mm -hmm. I probably have to go mm -hmm. talk to legal and stuff like like that before I have a better understanding of that. But don't let that, again, don't let what I'm doing like in, interfere with that in any way, shape or form. You figure out from the technology perspective and, and what's best for the bank. And then I'll figure out um, what that means to the security piece of it. And when it all comes together, we'll have that talk. So, um, so yeah, Fair I would enough. say go yeah. for that figure out which one of those it is right we have the and we have all the same concerns no matter who owns the back end us or them we still don't want it misaligned to the strategy we still don't want it insulting people we still don't want it um creating problems for cx that we didn't have before just because it doesn't work right like that's the kind of stuff that we 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 whether it's in-house or it's somewhere else we still have to deal with it right so that will worry about that we'll set aside and worry about later but no matter what we're going to have to deal with this no matter how we we do it so I think here's our, when I think about like, what's our next steps going to be? Um, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go think about, I'm going to send you a spreadsheet because I'm going to really think about it. I'm going to try to really think about it. I think I can come up with about 75 different risks we'll be looking at. Then you and I are going to sit down and go through them and see which ones are really a threat. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to make you, but we're going to see like going through that list you know, how they impact, like I have it sitting right in front of me, how it impacts it and everything like that. Once we go through that list, you're gonna you're gonna let me know which ones are actual threats and which ones are my just ridiculous criminal mind. Cause I swear you do this long enough and you start to think you're a criminal genius. So like, I don't know if it's my criminal mind, like tell me what's really real here. From there, we'll go and do big assessments for it. And what I mean is big assessments is, I'm gonna sit down and figure out what the downside of that risk is in a dollar amount. And I want you to go figure out how much it's gonna cost in a dollar amount, whether that's resources or software you need to buy. And then we're gonna both come together. And let's hope, let's hope upon hope that my number is like seven to nine times bigger than yours. Cause if it is, then we have a really good case for buying this software, getting rid of this risk because the downside of it is just too un, you know, believable or unpalatable for us to actually want to do. We shouldn't be $15 million in debt because of a chat bot implementation. Like that should not happen. Right. So we're going to figure that out. You're going to come back to me and say it's going to be a four hundred thousand um, dollar investment to get this thing up and running and continue running. Great. Perfect. Because if we did this wrong and we didn't pay attention to any of this risk and we didn't try to mitigate any of this stuff, what we're really talking about is we build a new chatbot. We're looking at 17 million dollars of downside risk. We leave the old one the way it is we're eventually looking at 10 to $12 million of downside risk. So we really don't have any mm. chance. We're going to have to change it. So do you want to invest the $400,000 to get rid of the $17 million? I bet you would. That's the case you and I are going to go make, right? And we're making it purely on risk and we're making it a really easy financial decision for people. Pay me now or pay me later. And when you pay me later, it's going to be millions, not hundreds of thousands, right? 
that's going to really help me kind of help build the case and and really articulate what this bus the business value will be for this initiative, right? I think you know we we understand the pain point right now, but we need to like actually put it in into these calculable, trackable um, uh, metrics. So let's do it. Right. Yeah. And when we're done, you're gonna, we're going to come back together one more time. Your chat bots deployed. Everybody's happy. Our, our risk is mitigated. Um, and I'm going to have you come back one more time so I can show you what your dashboard looks like, because you will now be the proud owner of the chat bot risk dashboard that's going to tell you how the controls are going, whether they're failing, what controls really are failing. That's the kind of stuff that you'll be able to see so that they don't come to you next time saying everything's falling apart and we need a forklift upgrade. This is the stuff where you'll be able to proactive and lean into the business and say, I've noticed your chatbots doing some interesting stuff and customers are getting stuck here a lot and that's turning into a high risk. Do you guys want to take a look at that now? Like, I think that's a conversation that we can't have now because it's not how we run anything, but we can definitely have in the future. So um, we'll talk about what metrics I can put on your dashboard to show you how it's going so you can stay ahead of it, not, you know, not behind the eight ball on that. Um, and there's that, that's how we do that once all of that stuff's put together. So you'll be able to track it and you'll be able to track it all the way through the program. The other thing I'll tell you is as we're deploying this, if we even if we decide we're going to give it to a third party, we need to talk about risk at the um, software level. So as we're going through like the configurations and as we're going through the development and as we're going to, we're starting with a certain amount of risk um, and that risk dollar might be $400,000, but maybe there's things we can do in our software development lifecycle management process that'll even if it's agile that'll allow us to like take a four hundred thousand dollar number and spit it out as a three hundred and twelve or maybe a two hundred and twelve thousand dollar argument once we figure out what they can do to help us secure that stuff before it goes live so there's a lot to talk about there we won't be done once we're live we're going to still talk about it um, but this is pretty exciting and what a great opportunity right this is a great opportunity um, and we all should look at it like that. And I'm not here to get in the way at all. Um, and I hope we can um, we can tell a compelling story. And I think we can. I think we can show that the downside of this risk of not doing this is so great that it doesn't make any sense not to do it and not to invest in the security the way we need to, because we know there's about 75 risks that come out of this um, that we're going to have to mitigate. Well, thank you, Renee. This has been incredibly enlightening. And I think you're really kind of helping me think about how I should uh, explore this opportunity from the, the research side, from how to communicate it and actually uh, build the case for it. Um, but it also talking about the dashboard, you know, you're really kind of setting me up for thinking about how I can prove the emerging tech uh, potential and keep track of it, right? You know, all all of these AI implementations are really going to require hands-on monitoring and, and feedback loop uh, monitoring. And so I think talking about what we can do as a partnership in that kind of prove phase of emerging tech, I think that's going to be hugely important for us. So uh, thank you so much. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to continuing to have lots more conversations with you, uh, you know, chatbots today, but, you know, let's talk about, I, I don't know, 5G tomorrow? Blockchain in the mainframe tomorrow. <laughs> oh, God. I'm waiting, for, yes. I'm waiting for the blockchain conversation about the mainframe because it's going to be brutal. Yes. And thanks for coming to me again. I, we're after the same thing in the end. Right. And if I can help you get there from here by telling the um, the value story like that, I'm all for it. So, OK, good luck. Godspeed. 
I will see you again. We'll set up regular calls. That way we can get through this all and I can help you, you know, make the case and keep going. Um, and when we're done, I'll have all the risk, which is all I really wanted in the end was the risk registry to be right. So yay, we all win. Thanks to Renee and Sarah for walking through that scenario in such an engaging way. If you want to learn about this year's security and risk event coming up in the fall, visit 4.com slash SR22. That's F-O-R-R.com slash SR22. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, or drop us a note at podcast at Thanks for listening.